Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Roberts, and as always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Roberts, and here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard, hope you're well. It's also December 1st. That's right, Mom, it's December 1st. 24 days from now, your children, no matter their age, are going to unwrap the gifts that you have not purchased yet. So it's time to get going. December 1st is also significant because today is the last day of the Bulldog Initiative's Million Dollar Match. You may recall that if we could raise a million dollars, there was a group of donors willing to match that million dollars. Charlie Winfield reports this morning over at jeanspage.com, we've raised $1.4 million. So we're still running. Today is the last day. So if you haven't contributed, you've been on the fence about contributing, today is the day, right? And here's the thing. If you give 100 bucks, it equals 200 bucks because your money is going to be matched. And so I encourage you to be a part of that. We at Jeans Page are a part of that. Uh, we made a, uh, a contribution some time ago. And so we are here not just to cover Mississippi State, but to support Mississippi State. Uh, some other people may see it differently. We don't. Uh, we believe that uh, we're going to put our money where our mouth is. How could we encourage you to donate if we don't donate? And uh, so we've done that. And uh, encourage you to maybe follow our lead. Maybe you can't give as much money as we can, but the reality of it is, is that it all matters. It all matters. Uh, so let's kind of keep pushing forward here. Keep pushing forward and uh, make some things happen. So today, the final day of the million dollar match, we'd like to at least get to 1.5 million. I think we can. But it doesn't matter if you can give $10 or give $10,000. You are a investor in Mississippi State, and we wish the best for all of you. And we hope that you'll be a part of this. Again, that's the final day 
of the Bulldog Initiative's Million Dollar Match. Let's get right to it. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of this show, man. I love Bulldog Burger Company. I've loved them for a long time. From the very first time that I walked in there and set my feet on their table, Brian Haydad and I went together. We'd never been. They brand new. We went. said, you know what? I think this place is going to make it. Yeah, you love the atmosphere. You love the service. You love the quality of cuisine you're going to partake in there. Bulldog Burger Company, a fantastic place. They've expanded the empire since those days of uh, Brian and I go, going in for a uh, for a meal. Yeah, and we continue to do so. Uh, be sure and check them out in one of their great locations, University Drive here in Star Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Uh, here's the deal. When I first went in, I just had the Bulldog Burger itself. Like the, you know, that's the one, right? That's how you start. You're like, you know what? I don't know a lot about these other options, but I'm going to get this one. And then I quickly moved on to the Freshman 15. For a while, I was hung up on the Bryant. It's outstanding. The Lauren is also very good. I'm very partial to that Mississippi barbecue burger. And some days, I'm not feeling like a burger. Some days, I want a salad. So I get that BLT salad. I get it grilled. You may get it fried. I'm not judging. But also uh, ranch. Yeah, I'm from South Mississippi. It's a staple. And I always get the spring rolls as my appetizer, with rare exception. Go by and treat yourself today to the fine restaurant-quality hamburgers of Bulldog Burger Company. Get that chocolate shake to go. You'll be glad you did. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right. Yesterday was a very difficult day for the Mississippi State football program, but also a very necessary day. Uh, as you may have learned by now, we'll talk about it in length, that the the majority of your coaching staff is no longer your coaching staff. Chad Bumpus, David Turner have been retained, and that's it. That's where it ends, right? Now, there's some off-the-field staffers like Rod Gibson that will stay and uh, certainly believe that Andrea will stay, who does the work of about three people. Uh, but nevertheless, it doesn't make it any easier, right? I mean, and, and here's the thing, too, and I shared this on Gene's page yesterday. I was talking with the bride about this. I was in a bad mood all day in the afternoon. And it's, it, it, listen, it's not that I'm rooting for coaches. I'm rooting for Mississippi State. However, what happens is when you, you cover these people for three and four years, uh, they become a part of your life. You know? and, and it's the same for all of you, right? I mean, you go out and you go to these events. You know, we do the uh, alumni functions, and sometimes uh, you know, a coach will come and speak. And so many of you have gotten to know them over the years. But this, uh, this staff was special in, in many respects. Uh, as I mentioned last night, you know, they were with us through COVID. Remember how crazy all that stuff got? And we didn't know if we are going to play college football. We were just so happy to see Mike Leach and them take the field, and we go upset LSU, defending champion LSU in their own backyard uh, in front of a, you know, a very paltry crowd due to COVID restrictions. One of the things that I remember about that game, in addition to K.J. Costello setting a new SEC record for passing games, passing yards in a game, was uh, LSU did their best to try to keep the crowd into it. So they, they kind of piped in some crowd noise. And you look around, you're like, where's this noise coming from? And it sounded pretty pretty paltry, to be honest with you. It was bad. It was bad. And you look around, and there's like you hear this roar from the speakers, and you can tell that it's something that's being done administratively. But the LSU fans weren't cheering. It was just something through the PA system. That still sticks with me. Of course, State wins that game. We go into a, a challenging year for sure. Take a step forward the next year. 
And then, of course, uh, last year have the big 9-4 uh, and four year and finish in the top 20. We also lost Mike Leach along the way. And I think that's one of the things that makes this a little more difficult. You know, guys, I've been writing about Mississippi State since 1997. And I've, I've worked at Gene's Page since 2001. And you start doing the, the numbers on this. I mean, you know, Dave Murray, of course, uh, you know, joined us in the early 2000s. But uh, I don't know that anybody has maintained a Mississippi State writing gig longer than me. Not the same place. There are some people that were here when I got here that uh, have kind of moved around and bounced around, and, and uh, that's part of it. But, uh, you know, by, for the most part, this beat has been um, you know, pretty stable, shall we say. And so we see coaches come and go, right? And, and they're, they're, they're still your friends. I mean, you still keep their number. You still keep up with them. And there are times that you may need them during a coaching search, right, and reach out to them and say, hey, are you hearing anything out there? That happens. Uh, but it's so interesting to me that um, – I guess a big part of this is uh, it's really the last ties to Mike Leach are gone, if that makes sense. And uh, so yesterday was difficult, and uh, I heard from just about every assistant coach uh, and even Tyson Brown, the strength and conditioning coach, as they, uh, they learn their fate and they move on. And listen, these guys are pros. I mean, they, they don't want to leave, right? Nobody's going to pitch a fit or anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, the guys have moved on. Uh, they'll, you know, they'll be paid throughout the rest of the academic year, so it's not like they're going to starve. Uh, Coach Tony Hughes has had a multi-year deal, so he's got another year, and uh, not exactly sure what he's going to do next. He's had some calls, you know. But Tony is a guy too that, uh, and most of you know this, you know, Tony's wife is a minister that has a church in Hattiesburg, and uh, they've had to live apart a lot, you know. And so I'm happy for Tony; he'll have a chance uh, to take some downtime with his family. As he mentioned to me last night, I may just turn into a Brandon High School fan and go watch Jay and those guys play every, every Friday night. Uh, but Tony is an institution at Mississippi State. A lot of people are like, Steve, I don't understand this. You know what? Here's the thing, man. In order for us to move forward, at times we've got to say goodbye to people that we like. This is a business. It's not the Boy Scouts. It's not, like, you know, it's not a fraternity you know, we're thankful for the contributions that every coach made. We're happy of everything they did and they attempted to do at Mississippi State. But now it's time to move forward. And Jeff Labby, you know, we're all supporting the hire. I say we all, the majority of us are supporting the hire. And he has got to make the best decisions he can possibly make to move this football program forward. And if we can't like, give him, you know, the keys to the car and then say, okay, well, we're going to tell you where to go. We're going to navigate this. You're driving, but, hey, take a left up here. No, 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 we don't want to get on the highway. You know, you can't do it that way. You have to give people autonomy uh, to make those decisions. And I can tell you, I've been in situations before in my retail career where, you know, I'd go take over these um, these problem stores. And as soon as you get there, you find out there's some sacred cows that are on uh, on staff, and the truth of the matter is I was really no respecter of persons. I'm a principles before personalities person. And so this is the vision that I have for our operation. And either you're going to have to adjust to how we're doing things or you're going to have to leave. You know, one of the two. And so you, you never go into a situation where it's like, oh, you have to keep this person. You have to keep that person, especially when it comes to on-the-field coaches. Of course, people like Rod Gibson, yeah, you want to keep them. Right, and most of your recruiting staff, because uh, your new folks have absolutely no idea who you're targeting and what your relationships are like. 
you got to get going, right? And you got to hit the ground running. So it helps to keep some of those support staff people uh, to kind of ensure that you keep, you know, the car out of the ditches, right? It's a big part of it. But, uh, yeah, so kind of running through it here. Again, Bumpus and Turner, the only two that were retained. Uh, running through this, of course, uh, you know, Will Friend, uh, Mike Schmidt, who were kind of co-offensive line coaches, they're gone. Of course, uh, Schmidt also coached the tight ends. Tony Hughes coached the running backs, and, and now Tony's gone. There was some talk about maybe him taking uh, a spot off the field, but I'm told that was not really something that was discussed. Um at least not with Tony. And so you move on from there. So the only offensive assistant that's retained is Chad Bumpus. And I know that makes so many people happy to think, hey, if we were only going to keep one, let's keep Chad. You know, he's a guy, he's a coach that's ascending. That's not to say that everything's imperfect this year. It hasn't been. There's some times the wide receiver group, you know, did not perform up to expectations. Chad's recruited pretty well, got to finish this thing up. But, uh, yeah, we all wanted Chad back. We wanted Chad back a year ago. You know, they talked to him about uh, coaching running backs, a position that he's never really played. So it didn't make a lot of sense for him. And, and Chad was already a power five wide receiver coach. I don't know that it made, it made sense for Chad, right, uh, career-wise. And then, of course, as fate would have it, you know, if he had come on that offensive side of the football the year before, once Arnett took over, he completely scrapped the offense. There's a possibility Chad could have been – here coaching a position he's not as familiar with and then be dismissed the first year he's here. And that was kind of the worry this year. It's like, okay, we finally get our guy back, and now everybody's fired? Well, Chad's retained. And so that, that was a good decision. On the defensive side of the football, we mentioned David Turner on Wednesday's show, and I had several of you reach out and say, hey, Steve, uh, thanks again for, uh, you know, kind of your testimonial and support of David Turner I think it's one of the most significant things that we do is keep David Turner because when you look at his pedigree as a coach, a recruiter, and a developer of talent, I don't. you're not going to hire somebody better, right? It's like if you have Slash as your lead guitar player and you're going to go out, well, let me just go get a guy that I know from back home that uh, played the bar scene. Nah, nah, that's, that's maybe a little bit of a stretch, maybe a little bit of hyperbole, but you're not going to find somebody more accomplished than David Turner to fill that position here at Mississippi State. So, to me, it was a no-brainer. Great decision by Jeff Levy. Uh, support that all the way. But the rest of the defensive group, completely gone, right? Uh, Brett Dewhurst at safeties, his first year on the field with us, was not a good one. And uh, a lot of that really, obviously, he's responsible for his group, but got into a situation where he inherited a group of safeties that lost three starters the season before. You're asking an awful lot. And uh, we, we went out and signed some guys in the portal. They did not perform up to expectations. You know, some of that's got to be coaching. Some of it's got to be natural ability. Uh, some of it's got to be the fact that guys are in the portal for a reason. Darcel McBath, this is a tough one, man, because I love Darcel. I do. And I uh, hope to keep in contact with him, Darcel, a guy. So it was a, a huge part of Mike Leach's success at Texas Tech. Uh, went on to the National Football League and then uh, showed up here. And, and I remember talking to Brandon Huffman. And those of you that have been uh, following our work over the years, you know who Brandon Huffman is. Brandon now a national guy with 247 Sports. He used to just kind of be the West Coast guy with Scout. But I remember Huff telling me, he goes, hey, listen, <laughs> uh, if Mike Leach is going to Mississippi State, he's taking Darcel McBath with him. There's never been a bigger Leach guy than Darcel McBath. That guy will absolutely go to Mississippi State. He goes, and you're going to love him. 
And uh, that proved to be the case. Very gregarious personality, uh, great recruiter, and um, probably an even better developer of talent because he knows what the National Football League is looking for. But uh, talked to Darcel yesterday, reached out to me to let me know that he was leaving. And uh, I've been wanting to call him for a while, but, you know, it just feels so awkward, right, when, when a family is unsure of where their next paycheck is coming from, right? It's just I, – I never wanted to come across as a reporter call, and I'd like it to be a friend, but that didn't always work out that way. But uh, I didn't reach out to him until he reached out to me. Uh, but, yeah, he's moving on, and I can tell you he's got some very positive things to say about Mississippi State and about Starkville, and he's very grateful for his time here. Uh, but now he'll be somewhere else. And uh, I, I, I don't think it'll take Darcel McBath long uh, to, to find a job, uh, in the least. Uh, Matt Brock, there was some concern, I guess, in the beginning that w- would Matt Brock even leave, you know, would he come to, would he have the opportunity to come to Mississippi State from Washington State? Leach always told me it was a no-brainer. But uh, I understand that uh, Matt himself was a little bit curious about that. Would he get the opportunity to come? He came. Um, you know, it was up and down at times. And this year, of course, if, if you go look at the numbers – Defensively, we actually played pretty well, but there were some some pretty big lapses out there at times. And you know, Arnett should have done his best to ensure those things didn't happen. But uh, you know, the reality of it is is that uh, you move forward. It's as simple as that. You move forward, and we wish all of these these men and their families the best in their next steps. And we're grateful for their contributions to Mississippi State. I don't have any bad blood or angst about any of these guys. And you know as well as I do, too. I mean, listen, let's just be honest. I mean, the relationship between fans and coaches is all basically, you know, a very circumstantial relationship, right? I mean, it's it's a peripheral acquaintanceship. Because as long as they're they're winning, and as long as their personnel group is performing, you love them. When they're not, you don't. Because you don't know them personally, Right. It's all very conditional on their performance. Uh, but it's the end of an era. And so we were sad yesterday, but we're not. We're hopeful for today. We do think we'll get some announcements today about how the staff is going to be structured. Uh, we did learn yesterday that John Cooper of North Texas, a guy with Oklahoma ties, is, uh, had been hired by Mississippi State, and now his uh, Twitter slash X bio reflects that. Coach Coop, as he's called, uh, you know, that's the thing. We got some got a tip on that, began to dig through it, and found out he had some ties to Oklahoma. He has some ties to Jeff Levy. He's a guy that's coached offensive line and tight end. Uh, not sure how they're going to structure the offensive line part of things, right? I mean, are we going to have two O-line coaches? Are we just going to have an O-line coach and tight end? Don't know yet. We're trying to find out, but we don't know. But we do know that John Cooper is going to be a part of the Mississippi State staff, and then there's some discussion today that Cody Kennedy – uh, from Arkansas, we had him on. We put up a little hot board about names that we're hearing just to make it easier for you guys uh, to subscribe to Gene's page. Like, here's where we are. Here's who, who, what positions we filled. Here are the names that we're hearing. Uh, we wish we'd hear more names, but I think they're one of the reasons we haven't is because we probably are kind of targeting our focus at just a handful of people. And the fact that all those defensive coaches got let go yesterday kind of leads me to believe that uh, we are closing in on the defensive coordinator hire. I was told at the infancy of this staffing search that uh, the new defensive coordinator would bring some people with him and would have some input in who got hired. I know that's kind of a novel concept to some. Uh, you can't expect somebody to uh, deliver you a restaurant-quality meal if you don't let them go buy the ingredients. And uh, so we do think this thing is going to round up pretty quickly here. It may go into next week. 
but we do think this thing is, is coming to a close, and there'll be some names that'll pop up that we're not very familiar with. I mean, it, it's one thing, you know, Jeff Levy's a first-time head coach, and yes, he spent some time at Ole Miss, but really, it's been more about Oklahoma with him, right? Most of the people that uh, we've been able to track down have been people that were ties to Oklahoma. So no on-the-field coaches from Oklahoma are expected to make the trip, but there have been some, some staffers uh, that are going to follow Coach Levy to Mississippi State. And uh, those announcements, again, are, are pending. We do think we'll get some news today officially on a couple people, maybe more. And, uh, guys, here's the thing, too. You know, it's December 1st, right? So now the contact period is opening. So you've got to have people ready to go. Now, Rod Gibson, of course, is a pro, uh, you know, deputized a lot of people, you know. Uh, a lot of people. can you, you get out there and you make some things happen, right? I mean, that's just kind of how it works. But uh, Rod Gibson, of course, also an institution here at Mississippi State. So as it stands today, you, know, you have 10 on-the-field assistants. Two of those positions have been officially filled and announced by the university. That's Chad Bumpus and David Turner. Again, John Cooper has already made the switch on his social media. We expect him to be announced. And then Cody Kennedy – Offensive line coach from Arkansas, we expect him to be announced soon as well. Now, the thing about the offensive coordinator spot, like people are like, hey, well, we're not, we don't have an offensive coordinator. Well, yes, we do. Jeff Labby is your offensive coordinator. He will have an offensive coordinator really in title only because Lebby is going to be the primary play caller. But he'll have an offensive coordinator to help kind of facilitate practice. And that's the thing, too. You know, when you're the head coach, you got to get out and go look at every personnel group. You got to make sure things are being done kind of, uh, you know, gauge progress and things like that. But you need somebody that can help run uh, things on the team side when you have to be pulled somewhere else, when you've got to go be the head coach. And let me discuss that uh, when we had a chance to meet with him on Monday. And so that's an important aspect of this thing too. Like you say, okay, well, we're already starting to see some hires on offense without the OC. Well, the OC's already in place and Jeff Levy. I think one of the reasons you haven't seen D.C. hires outside of David Turner yet is because of the fact you don't have your D.C. named. So that's how I feel about it. Of course, uh, special teams coordinator uh, Eric Mealy has moved on too, so he'll be replaced. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a sad time, but it's an exciting time. And uh, as I told some people yesterday, I said we'll be sad for today, and then uh, we get into Friday. We get into Maroon Friday, man. We got to be happy because we're going to be moving forward. And uh, I, I am a um, I'm a Jeff Lebby fan. I wasn't when he was at Ole Miss. I'm just going to tell you that. Not that his offenses weren't great, but he coached at Ole Miss. And you, and you may recall, too, Duty Noble coached at, at Ole Miss, right? Bob Tyler coached at Ole Miss. So it's not like a situation where this is a precedent-setting situation because I've seen some people say, why would we go out and hire somebody to coach at Ole Miss? Well, we've done it now four times in our history. But when you look at the offensive production that Jeff Levy has put together at Ole Miss and Central Florida and Oklahoma, uh, you could say, well, you know, Steve, look at what Tennessee's doing with hype now. Doing a great job. Josh Heupel's doing a great job at Tennessee. But I think you look now at Central Florida and you can say, you know what, hey, there was some Jeff Levy involved in all that too. Levy continued to do well when he left Josh Heupel. He goes to Ole Miss. And Lane Kiffin himself said that Levy would be the primary play caller. And at times there was a bit of a power struggle there. But listen, the, the two years that Jeff Levy was at Ole Miss, they were very, 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 very productive offensively. And they've continued to be productive. 
So it's not like it's just been the Jeff Levy show. But then Jeff goes to Oklahoma, and things continue to be very exciting, very electrifying. And so the thing that I go back and look, and people forget that Central Florida was phenomenal. Phenomenal offensively. You know, Scott Frost leaves and Hype gets a job. Levy's the offensive coordinator. What do they do? They're one of the most prolific offenses in the country. Levy goes to Ole Miss, one of the most prolific offenses in the country. Go to Oklahoma, one of the most prolific offenses in the country. So you can't just you, – you, you certainly don't think Brett Venables is calling plays, right, in Oklahoma. I think in many respects the decision to go back to Oklahoma was a very good one. I think it's also validated Jeff Levy as an offensive play caller. Because I think there were some people out there. I know on the Ole Miss side, they were saying, hey, it's all Lane. No, it wasn't all Lane. And listen, let's be fair to Lane Kiffin. They, they have continued to be very good on offense uh, despite Jeff Levy's departure to go back to Norman, Oklahoma. But at the end of it all, I think when you look at the fact that, hey, look, look at the, the pedigree offensively that Jeff Levy's had in his career, the, the people that he's learned from, and the mistakes he's seen other people make and other things at work. And so when you look at the fact that, um, you know, Central Florida, when he was there, was outstanding. Heupel moves on, is still outstanding. Leppy continues to be outstanding. Same thing at Ole Miss. You know, and so I feel like I'm belaboring the point a little bit, but I think you get it. Jeff Leppy has not been, you know, a guy that has been protected. He is a product of the offensive minds that he's worked around in his career. Period. And, again, you can you go, go get on his Wikipedia page and read his bio yourself, and you can kind of work through this and begin to realize this is a guy that knows offense. We hi- Hi, Bulldog fans. Our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season. It's concert season. It's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comforts. No break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? 
picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hired him to go put points on the scoreboard. And then now he's got to go out and put people around him. Because here's the deal, man, and I don't care who you are or where you're from. You know, you got to develop people. You do. But it doesn't matter if you're in retail or you're, you know, you work in a warehouse or work in forestry or whatever. There are some people you take on because they have the potential to be great. And then you have to pour yourself into them and help them develop. But when you bring in a new leader, they're only as good as the people that they bring in around them. Because there's just so much to do. You have to bring in capable lieutenants that can handle their responsibilities without your direct supervision 24-7. That's the reality of leadership on the athletics level or in business or whatever. And so Jeff's got to bring in some great people around him. And he talks about, well, having elite staff. And I'm, I'm told there's a lot of people that want to be on this staff. There may not be names you know, but there may be names that fit the puzzle that Jeff Levy is kind of encountering right now. Now, if you look at the people so far, like the, the known hires, right? We, again, we expect John Cooper to be announced today. That's an Oklahoma guy that has connections to Levy and the offensive system that he wants to run. Uh, Code Kennedy from Arkansas, similar situation. And I, like I've read Arkansas people like, oh, I'm so glad he's leaving. You know, if you go look at his career, the, the better years have been when he's played in a system that Jeff Levy's trying to run, Right. And so I think it's important to understand Jeff Labby knows what he wants in a coach, and he wants people to have experience doing what he does. There may not be names you know. There may be names you have to familiarize yourself with. But we can't get all excited and I'll go run to the airport and say, hey, Jeff, we're so excited for you to be here, but don't hire this guy. You know, that's just not how life works, and nor should it. And, of course, you know, that uh, the defensive coordinator hire, you know, D.J. Durkin was obviously uh, an obvious candidate. I was told from the infancy of that that uh, he is not the only candidate. And uh, a lot of discussion about former Ole Miss coach and Indiana head coach Tom Allen being in the mix. I, I think that would be outstanding, absolutely outstanding, if we could get uh, Tom Allen. Uh, many of you have suggested the Jeff Collins thing. Uh, I, I can tell you from speaking to a couple people close to the situation, uh, that appears to really just be more of a, uh, a fan speculation. You know, I've had a couple people that have uh, had some contact with Jeff. Uh, I've texted with Jeff. You know, I just don't think there's anything at this point there of, a, of any substantive quality. Uh, you know, Jeff, of course, uh, the swag chalice, right? You know, and I thought about that. It was so perfect. And MSU Marketing, if you're listening, if we don't have a shirt – on sale soon that says state is swag, then we're missing a major marketing opportunity. 
State is swag. State is cool, right? Uh, but yeah, we're going to be a little bit swaggy, as uh, Zach Selman said. And I like the fact that we're a little bit swaggy from time to time. Uh, listen, I want to be a blue-collar, hard-working team, but also, listen, I'm the kind of guy I'm not happy unless I can run my mouth, right? I like having a little bit of an edge. I like people being scared of us. But we need to have a shirt that says, State is swag. You don't have to give me any credit for it. Jeff Levy said it, but it's a great opportunity for us to market this because, you know, we had the Dan the Man shirts and then we had uh, more everything, you know, more cowbell or whatever we, we called it uh, when Joe Moorhead was hired. And, of course, you had the pirate shirts. But um, I don't know if you've realized, you know, how to, to market Levy. That's it. Swag estate, period. I will wear that shirt immediately. As soon as they come out, I'll go buy one. I think it's great. I think it kind of signifies the era a little bit and what we want to do. Uh, but again, the whole thing with this DC thing, you know, I think I think a, a hire is imminent, and that doesn't, that's not a hot take, right? I mean, obviously we're on the clock here, but I think that's one of the reasons that defensive coaches, I think some decisions have already been made. Let's say Jeff Levy has already talked to his guy, and they have already evaluated the current staff and decided, hey, yeah, let, we're, let's. Let's keep this guy. Let's not keep this guy. We'll replace him with that. And so I, I think, I believe that uh, those discussions have already taken place. And, again, I don't think it's going to be take us long to get this thing put together uh, at all. And I'm excited. I mean, I wish we were playing football now. Obviously, we got to go through, uh, you know, we got to go through spring practice and install the offense and things like that. And that's what all the questions will be about. Well, how close are you to install? We, do, we deal with this every thing. It's the same questions every year. Every time we get a new coach, same thing, over and over and over. Uh, but um, I've got faith, man. I, I do. And, and I, I can't really describe a lot of it. No, I think, number one, you look, again, you look at the, the offensive production career-wise under Jeff Levy and say, you know what? We're going to be able to score some points. We've got to be able to stop some people too, right? So that's why this D.C. hire is so significant. It's just like when you go hire a defensive-minded coach, the offensive coaching hire makes all the difference. And if you want evidence of that, just look at this past season. You promote Zach Arnett, and you knew you had to go get a big-time offensive coordinator. And I wonder if we where we would be today had Kendall Bryles signed that contract that we sent. And what if Kendall Bryles had come to Mississippi State this year? Where would we be? That's food for thought, right? But instead, we go get Kevin Barbet, who is a great guy, an absolutely great guy. Uh, and appreciate you know his contributions here. I think he was somewhat hamstrung because of the fact that the personnel that we had didn't necessarily met the scheme he match the scheme he wanted to run. But Kevin Barbet didn't hire himself. You know Zach Arnett hired Kevin Barbet, and uh, I think looking back, I think all people will say that that's what happened to Mississippi State. That's why the Zach Arnett era didn't even make it a full season. It's because of the fact they made the decision to scrap the offense and run concepts that didn't match the available personnel. I think Jeff Levy's going to do a better job in that respect because I think Jeff Levy, number one, is going to have the benefit of uh, some NIL dollars to work with to attract a, you know, a serious quarterback. But I do. I've got a lot of faith in him. And, of course, this defensive coordinator hire is key, period. You don't want to turn into all those uh, Pac-12 after dark shootouts, right? You want to be able to play football. But, uh, but yeah, th this feels a lot different. It feels a little more comfortable, to be honest with you. You know, I, I think in order for Mississippi State to be successful in the modern era of college football, you've got to have an offensive-minded coach. I know some other people out there, I saw the Ross Bjork talking points, some of the most obvious observations in the history of college football. 
I mean, uh, the the point that somebody pointed out, the only thing they left out is score more points than the opponent, you know. It's like, yeah, you want to have a defensive-minded coach, you want to have championship culture, you want to, uh, you know, recruit and develop NFL-quality talent. I'm like, yeah, really? Yeah, this is breaking news here. Of course that's what people want. You know, it sounds good in a press conference, but, uh, you know, come on. But I think at State, I don't think the defensive-minded coach in this era of football is the way to go. I think you've got to go hire somebody that scores points. And you go back to how you – think about how you felt when Dan Mullen first got the gig, right? Even in 2009, we had a losing season. But everybody looked at it and said, you know what, hey, this guy can score. You remember we, we played LSU for years and years and years and we could barely get across the 50-yard line. Mullen went out there and stuck at him. We should have won the game. We make a special teams tackle. We win the game. We beat LSU. And, of course, we had a chance late in a first and goal situation, and we couldn't get the ball in the end zone. But Dan Mullen could score. I remember that big you know, pass up the, uh, the hash mark to Marcus Green on a big third down play that kind of let LSU know we were there to play. You know, we need to hire people that know things that we don't know. If we're going to get better offensively, we've got to hire people that know offense. Mike Leach obviously set some records that are likely never be surpassed at Mississippi State. Uh, some other ones I think Jeff Levy is going to challenge probably in, in just a couple years as he gets his people around him. So, again, very grateful for the Mississippi State assistant coaches that have now left our family, and uh, we will still maintain relationships with them as we need to, but we wish them the absolute best. And now we're ready to welcome some new guys and their families into our collective family and uh, see if we can't go uh, light the scoreboard up at Davis Wade Stadium this fall. All right, time for today's top 10 list. As always, brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair Chandler is my friend. He is also your friend in the mortgage industry. There are a lot of people out there that want your business. I can just tell you this. Blair has already earned it. He's earned your respect. He's earned the opportunity to serve you when you make one of the most important financial decisions of your lifetime, your mortgage, your home, and maybe you're looking to buy a home. Maybe that's the situation with you. It's like, you know what, hey, I've never bought a home before. I don't know how to go about this process. Blair can help you through that. He'll hold your hand the whole way through. He's done it for 22 years. Give him a call or text today at 601-500-2344. Again, 601-500-2344. Blair has recently made the move to Priority One Mortgage. Uh, the same level of service can be expected because Blair is a mortgage professional. Again, 22 years of experience, top 1% close ratio in the country back-to-back-to-back years. You could uh, choose to go a lot of different directions here, but I'll tell you, nobody's going to do a better job than Blair Chandler. Again, at 601-500-2344. All right. Uh, so we talked about the Ben Evans Blue recently on the show. And I had somebody reach out to me and say, Steve, I hadn't listened to Evans Blue in forever. Uh, what are they up to? I'd like to have a top 10. So here we are. Top 10 list of Evans Blue songs. Now, most of you, maybe you don't know Evans Blue. We, we had the song Warrior on the show. Uh, but Evans Blue, five studio albums. The first two, um, you had a different singer. You did. Uh, Kevin was a singer then. Dan Chandler takes over on the self-titled album. But, um, yeah, you, you start working through this. I mean, you have the melody and the energetic nature of volume. 
the debut album from Evans Blue back in 2006, and it went to uh, number one on the U.S. Heat Seekers chart. They followed it up with The Pursuit Begins When the Portrayal of Life Ends. Very poetic. Not exactly sure how I, you know, I don't know. You get behind that if you want. But uh, Kevin Madison, that was the last album with Kevin as a singer. The, born, the band was basically reborn in 2009, and so they, they released a self-titled album with Dan Chandler on vocals and really began to blossom in many respects as an artist. A lot of hits on that self-titled album. The Graveyard of Empires came out in 2012, and then the final album, Letters from the Dead, 2016. So uh, they are now, and that, listen, that album, Letters from the Dead, was 23 on the U.S. hard rock charts, but Graveyard of Empires went to number nine. But uh, yeah, this is a band that's had some success. They sold over a million records. They've had um, a handful of uh, charting singles over the years that have gone to uh, top 20 and on the Biggins countdown, of course, Sirius XM Octane. If you don't know that channel, you should. That's where all the new bands are on Octane. And so when I first began to, again, I was a Sirius XM listener when everybody was with XM. And of course we took over. Uh, but anyway, so Sirius was great and uh, it was so good to listen to Octane just because of the fact I could hear all my new bands, you know, Shinedown was going good, 7th S was rolling. And then all of a sudden, bands like Evans Blue in 10 years uh, and Event Sevenfold became part of uh, the soundtrack of my life. And so I thought we'd go back and take a look here at um, Evans Blue and celebrate the music of Evans Blue. Of course, they have not had a new album out now in uh, seven years. They did release a uh, Greatest Hits album uh, some time ago, and that's usually what happens when like, when record companies are just kind of ready to move on. Let's just release the Greatest Hits album. We don't have to spend any money on this, but we'll make a bunch of money on this. But here we go. Top 10 Evans Blue songs. And uh, this, this is an, a post-alternative rock band. They're not real loud and aggressive, but they are a rock band. Got some interesting tunings. Um, I, I would say if you're looking for a band that's just going to be solid, from start to finish, this is Evans Blue. All right, number 10, it's the uh, the great track Beyond the Stars that also made the uh, the Greatest Hits album. And number nine, the last charting single from Evans Blue is a song called I God, kind of like iPhone. Uh, this is one of those, uh, you know, just kind of a commentary on, you know, what's happening in the world these days. You know, basically about how we're just so in self-absorbed with what's happening online and not really what's in front of us. I'm guilty of that. Number eight, uh, going back a ways to the earlier portions of the catalog, it's a song called Say It. The one thing I will say about this song is I don't like songs that like the vocal begins immediately. And that's how this one is. That's the only thing I don't like about it. But uh, Say It's a great track, but that whole thing in the beginning, that just maybe it's just me. But I don't, I don't like... The music and the vocals to begin on the same note or the same measure. You know, it's like as soon as you come in, it's just, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm weird. I'm pretty sure that I'm weird. But, um, yeah, but say it's a great track. Be sure and check that one out. That was a big hit for them. Number seven, we talked about it last week on our, our list of warriors. It's the song Warrior, which uh, is a really, really good one. This is a, you know, a good up-tempo, good rock song. 
Not a lot of angst in this one. You know, it's just about kind of getting after it. All right, number six. It's a big hit for these guys on Sirius. It's uh, the song Halo. Really dig this one. It's off the Graveyard of Empires album. It, uh, it didn't chart on like the U.S. rock charts, but it was a huge hit on Octane, which I think is a better pulse of the fan base of, of rock fans. Like if you, if, you, if you go to a show these days, the people that actually go to shows, people that buy merch, the people that download old music, they listen to SiriusXM Octane. And I feel like I'm doing a promo for them. But um, usually what's on the SiriusXM Biggins Countdown Weekly, that's usually the hottest stuff in the country. And Halo was a mainstay on that list here about uh, over a decade ago. All right, uh, sick of it. Number five, this is another good one here, too. And I love the vocal on this one. This goes back to the self-titled album. And of course, uh, you know, Dan, Dan Chandler was the guy, too, that uh, went out to Hollywood to make it and didn't make it and uh, went back home to St. Louis, Missouri, kind of with his tail between his legs. He put together a couple of VPs and went out to Hollywood trying to you know, jumpstart his rock career. It never took off. And then all of a sudden, Evans blew. Uh, Kevin had left the band. They were looking for a singer. And next thing you know, Dan reaches out to him, asks him what they're looking for, sends him a demo tape, sends him his EPs, and really ushered in a brand new era for this band. But uh, sick of it. That's your number five song. I think Dan does a great job on it. Number four, also off the self-titled album. And there's four songs on our list today that come from that self-titled album. So if you're looking to maybe learn more about Evans Blue, I'm going to encourage you to go there first, okay? The self-titled album. But uh, Bulletproof, absolutely love this one. This is, again, it's, it's a song of defiance. It's a song of, of uh, I guess, really, it's kind of typifying the human spirit, right? It's like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to do what I got to do because I'm Bulletproof, right? I mean, there, there are a lot of songs out there, and there's some even called Bulletproof, but this is one of those I think really kind of encapsulates the feeling of when you feel like you're indestructible. Great track. All right, number three. Moving ahead to the Graveyard of Empires album, one of my favorite tracks, obviously because it's number three on my list, it's uh, from 2011 that uh, did chart on the mainstream chart and the U.S. rock charts. It's This Time It's Different. And again, another song of empowerment. Another one of those songs is like, you know, I've been through all this and I've been through all this pain, but this time's different. And that's what happens. Sometimes in life, you got to just like plant your back foot and start handing out haymakers instead of taking them. And that's really what this song is about. It's like, things are going to change for me. Things are changing. And it, the, the thing about life, too, is, you know, the best way to change your life is to change yourself. You know, to get better at other things. And I think that song really kind of typifies that message. All right, number two, going back, my favorite song many times. I, this is one of those songs, like, if, if I was going to say, hey, let, listen, if you heard Evans Blue, this is the song I would play for you. Even though Kevin sang it, this goes back to the very beginning. This goes back to the melody and the energetic nature of volume. The first single off that album is still a song that gets played regularly. Like It doesn't get on Octane as much, but it's on Turbo a lot. That's Channel 41 for you serious XM listeners. So it's kind of like the, the, the recurrence. But it's a great song called Cold, But I'm Still Here. The whole album is about relationships and about kind of navigating the labyrinth that is, you know, one-on-one -on -one relationship, but at times can be very challenging. But uh, again, that's where it's about cold, but I'm still here. It's like we're having problems, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm hanging in here, and I get upset, I get frustrated at times, but I'm still here. You know, there's, there's a commitment in that 
but uh, from an instrumentation standpoint, this song is really, really, really good. And also the highest uh, rated chart on my list with Kevin on vocals. And my, my buddy Blake likes it better with Kevin on vocals, and I get it. Okay. Number one, though, 2010, off that self-titled album, probably the most important song that I think Evans Blue ever recorded. It's a song called Erase My Scars, and uh, it was written about Dan Chandler's nephew that died at the age of eight to cancer. And uh, it was just a very emotional undertaking. The band challenged that and took that song on and uh, wrote that in tribute to Dan's nephew. But it's not just about losing somebody, right? I mean, there are so many losses that we have in life, whether it be relationships or there be pets or be people or whatever. There are so many things that we hold dear at times and we lose them and it's difficult to move forward. It is. But we have to. And there was, I mean, when my dad died, I remember thinking, you know, I don't really want to move on. To move on feels like it would be disrespectful to him. And uh, I, I feel confident in saying that's not exactly what my dad would want at all. My dad would want me laying around being depressed all the time, uh, thinking about the fact that his life is over when mine is still going on. And so it's, I think it's important to make as much of today as we possibly can. I have people that tell me all the time that I'm the busiest guy they know, and I figure that's probably the, the case. But we got a limited number of days to kind of build a legacy. And, and listen, not everybody has the public platform that I do. But the greatest legacy that we have is the lessons about that we leave behind for our children and those we love. And so the song Erase My Scars kind of, to me, illustrates that, right? It's, it's been pain. It's whatever. It's been all these emotional setbacks. There's been all these things that have happened. But I have to move forward. I have to. And it's not to be disrespectful to our lost, but it's about honoring their memory with our efforts as we move forward. Uh, I've met so many writers over the years on my book tours and book signings and all this kind of stuff and book festivals. And it's amazing the stories that you'll find. And, and there's a lot of great writers out there you never hear from. You know, and, and some people are perfectly okay with that, right? They just, they just want to, you know, they just wanted to write their feelings or write their story and they wanted to print it and have it saved for posterity's sake. And it's not even about sales for them. And I've had so many people that I've met. And I was like, hey, well, what got you into writing? You know, what, what made you write this book? Well, you know, my dad died. Or my wife died. Or we lost it. It's like, it's amazing to see the phoenix rise from the ashes, right? And I'm sure they would trade every book in the library to get their loved one back. But there were a lot of people. It's like, hey, this is what I felt. I wanted to share this. I wanted to help other people. And that's, to me, what Erase My Scars is really about. We all go through something. We all, nobody, nobody gets out of this life unscathed. Everybody gets challenged, some more than others. But the reality of it is, is that uh, we can let those things defeat us, or we can let them inspire us to new heights of greatness. And uh, it's always very rewarding when we see that. But that's your top 10 list for today. If you have an idea for the top 10 list, reach out and let us know. Best way to do that is hit up Roy on Twitter at Dogmatic67. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. And uh, Roy is the keeper of the list. He does such an amazing job for me for free just because he loves the show and puts a top 10 list out there on Spotify for you guys to enjoy. You can find him on Spotify under that same handle, same handle Dogmatic67, D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C. I see 6-7. Maybe I can spell today. It's early. 
but yeah, very grateful for Roy's friendship and his contributions to our show. And when I text him this list, he goes, I don't even know who this is. I said, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. So if you're an Octane listener, you know Evans Blue. But this goes back to kind of the infancy of the channel, man. This was like this was like Evans Blue was one of those really regular rotation type bands. And uh, again, they haven't done much in a while. And uh, we hope those guys are doing well wherever they are. But we're still going to celebrate their music today on our top 10 list. And um, yeah, again, appreciate your support of the top 10 list all these many years. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. I love Campus Bookmart. I have loved them for a long, long time. And I'll tell you what, I don't know that I've got a better relationship, you know, with a clothing vendor than Campus Bookmart. There are a lot of people, you, listen, there are a lot of people selling Mississippi State merch. It's true. It's true. And I, I listen, we do a lot of business, a lot of people in town, but I'll tell you, Campus Bookmart, if you're looking for the best selection of Mississippi State merchandise, that's where you're going to find it. Next time you're in town, go by and see their smiling faces. If you can't make it to town, or perhaps game day is not a great shopping day for you. Maybe you got too much to do. You know, it's like I'm just, Steve, I'm so amped up. I just want to get in the arena. I get it. And uh, we, we took in the game at the hump the other night. You know, the ladies uh, lost to Miami. It's crazy. Both teams get ranked in the top 25 and we lose the next game. Uh, not great, but we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Uh, but all that I understood, you can visit Campus Bookmart on the World Wide Web, courtesy of Al Gore's Internet, at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you phrase it pays. And you know you love free shipping. It's like giving a gift to yourself. Campus Bookmart, promo code BSR, beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks, and, and that's going to be great for you, right? Be sure to check them out today. Peruse their fine selections online and uh, find something for every Mississippi State fan in your life. We all want new Mississippi State merch. We all do. Hopefully, Campus Bookmark will lead the way with the Swag Estate shirts, and you can have those too. It needs to happen. I'm just saying it needs to happen. All right, uh, since we've been together, Mississippi State has picked up a new commitment. Yeah, how about that? For the 2024 class. It's Johnny Daniels uh, out of Crystal Springs, now at Colin. It's been two years at Colin. Last year, he was 14th in the country in rushing and played in only seven games. This year, Johnny Daniels, number two nationally, behind Therese Worthy of Lackawanna College. But uh, you start working through this thing here, man. Uh, Worthy, an incredible year, averaging almost 150 yards a game. But uh, Johnny Daniels, 108.7. 168 rushes, 1,196 yards in just 11 games. So clearly averaging over 100 yards per game. Only three running backs in the entire NJCAA nationally averaged 100 yards or more. And uh, Johnny Daniels, one of those. 14 touchdowns on the year. If you're curious uh, where that is, it leads the country. That's right. Leads the country with 14 touchdowns this year uh, as a rusher. Now, Johnny Daniels, not the biggest dude now. He is uh, 5'9", about 190 pounds, but this is a guy that we talk about playing with some swag. This is that guy. You look at some of the video out there, there's one where he just kind of tells the linebacker to bring it, and then Daniels runs through him. Yeah, we need some people like that with an edge. Now, Johnny Daniels not highly recruited. I suspect a lot of that is uh, due to his size. But there is uh, no doubt that his production 
is what it needs to be. Currently, 5'10", 200. But uh, Picks State over Arkansas State and McNeese, McNeese State and some smaller ones. And I've seen some people, oh, Steve, look at the offer sheet. You know, here's the thing that I would suggest. Look at the film. You know, look at the film. We needed an older guy. Johnny Daniels has a skill set that kind of meshes well with what we already have returning. Of course, Simeon Price is moving on. He's in a transfer portal. Uh, but uh, Daniels, I think, a good get for us. Is he a difference maker at running back? I don't know that he is, but I think that he is a guy that will come in and really uh, provide a spark in many respects. We don't know what Woody Marks is going to do yet. We don't know. He may go pro. We hope not, but we wish the best for him no matter what ultimately his decision proves to be. But Johnny Daniels, the first verbal commitment of the Jeff Levy era at Mississippi State. So that will be the answer to that trivia question someday, and you'll have the answer. Another name to consider is offensive lineman Samir Camacho. Out of Houston, Texas, goes to South Falls High School. He is a guy that is a product of the John Cooper hire. Uh, Samir hasn't committed yet, but he will take an official visit to Mississippi State uh, next weekend. So he's set to visit Texas State this weekend, Mississippi State next weekend, and then TCU, and then he'll make his decision. He says that he's going to commit on December the 19th. There's no real significance to that date. That's just the date that he picked. It's not like a birthday or he's honoring you know, a family member or something like that. So he says that that's just the date that he has right now, but that could change. I think there's a good chance that visit of TCU didn't happen. And Samir, too, is a guy that shares that John Cooper, when he was at North Texas, the first offer that he received was from John Cooper, who's now on staff at Mississippi State. So I think that's an important aspect of things, too, that new coaches come in with newer relationships that probably we didn't have, uh, you know, with recruits. Samir is an interesting guy, too, and uh, spoke to him yesterday morning. We uh, traded some text shortly after he got the offer. And uh, as he ended the conversation, he says, may God bless you, man. And yesterday after I interviewed him, when he got done with the interview, the last thing he told me is he goes, hey, Steve, great to talk to you. May God bless you. You know, uh, I like to hear people that have a sense of value, right? Not Listen, I'm not trying to sit here and, you know, preach to you or anything. But it's clear that this is a young man that uh, is not caught up in, you know, maybe the notoriety of social media. You know, a lot of people out there, it's like, you know, the, the best comments they ever make are on social media, and, and it, it really typifies what their career is about. But Camacho is a guard prospect. He comes in about 6'4", 300 pounds, and um, again, there will be some new names that pop up. Of course, there's a handful of uh, transfer portal prospects in the offensive line that have emerged that State's offered, and, and we need them. We're probably going to have to replace all five guys. Of course, Percy Lewis is expected to be back. Stephen Lasoya announced that uh, he's going into the transfer portal. Let me update you on that right now, kind of where we stand. Obviously, Will Rogers, the most prominent name, and that's no surprise. And we've heard from weeks that Will would probably go into the portal. I know many of you are kind of rooting for him to come back, but uh, you know, I support Will with whatever decision that he makes. I know that Mississippi State is going to target a portal quarterback to come in and hopefully uh, be the starter while – uh, Chris Parson kind of gets, you know, his legs under him. Uh, but Will Rogers, I do expect him to be somewhere else. I would be surprised if he pulled himself out of the portal. I, I think unless he gets exactly what he wants, he'll be at either Western Kentucky or Southern Miss. That's what I believe. Uh, defensive back Will James was a late add to the 2023 class. He was one of the first guys to go in the portal. 
I mentioned Stephen Lasoya going in. There is some discussion that he may actually stay. So we'll see. Uh, with a new staff coming in, you know, it's you know they're going to have to get to work on that. But I think Lasoya is a guy that might end up staying and be your starting center. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, he is a guy that transferred to Mississippi State from Middle Tennessee State, so uh, he's familiar with the portal prospect process. But I don't think that's over. Uh, tight end Rylan Gody is in the portal. He is now a grad transfer. Uh, came from the University of Georgia. Had never caught a pass collegiately. Caught one this year and uh you know we had higher hopes for him his production did not match perhaps his potential but we had to rebuild the tight end room and it made sense to go get a guy from power five program with a great pedigree even though his production wasn't what we hoped it would be uh, grateful for his contributions of course wide receiver nakai pool uh, a freshman for the class of 2023 is already elected to leave you know i guess things could change uh, i think nakai pool is a good prospect i know some other people out there that they look at that offer sheet and say, oh, he's got to be a star. I look at the film, I think he's good. I don't think he's great, okay? And I, and I said that last year, and, and people kind of like, well, Steve, I'm, I'm going to call it like I see it. I'm not going to fall in love with kids just because they picked Mississippi State and just tell you, you know, if I see something on film, I'm going to tell you. And if I don't see it, I'm going to tell you that too. Wide receiver Jacoby Belazar signed on with State at a Southwest Community College. He only appeared in two games this year. Uh, we're expecting him to move on and disappointed here. I, I really thought that he would be a guy that uh, could occupy the safety. I thought you could be in a situation where you put him and Tula Griffin both on the field at the same time uh, and with their electric speed and change of direction, you could really cause some havoc in that secondary. But for one reason or another, it never came together. Simeon Price, of course, one of the first guys to go in the portal. And uh, we didn't utilize him. And that's one of the questions I asked Kevin Barbet. I mean, we brought him in a ball game and let him carry off left side, and he gets 12 yards and then doesn't get another carry the rest of the ball game. Those are the kind of things that don't make any sense to me. And so when I see some of these guys go in the portal, I'll say, yep, that makes sense to me. I understand if I come in here and work hard every day and I can't get on the field, and when I do, I produce, I don't get a chance to go back out there and replicate that, I need to go somewhere else. Now, all these guys obviously can withdraw from the portal if they choose to. Now, they can also talk to other schools right now and take official visits and things like that, and I think some of those guys will do that. And some of these guys, it may be better for them if they just move on. We probably need a scholarship spot to, to perhaps sign a more explosive player. Uh, your coaching staff, your new coaching staff, has got to work very, very quickly, very, very, very quickly. And so, again, you're going to see some new offers pop up for 2024. You know, we've seen set with some receivers uh, that have mentioned that, but uh, – a lot of discussion here as of late about San Francisco McGee as well. Now, he was the guy from the very beginning I expected to be at Mississippi State. He had a great uh, big dog camp and appeared to be ready to commit to Mississippi State. Next thing you know, he takes you know a, a visit to Ole Miss that was supposed to be a courtesy visit. Next thing you know, he's committed to them. But throughout his commitment to Ole Miss, he has maintained a relationship with Mississippi State. In fact, he came to watch Mississippi State play a couple times Despite being committed to Ole Miss, I think there is more than a, a good chance that State flips him from Ole Miss. And I think that would be also a nice coup for Jeff Labby and his staff. It's like, hey, we're going to come in here and take a kid away from you that you thought you'd take it from us. I think that could be a statement-type recruitment. But also, too, I like San Francisco McGee, right? It's not about winning the press conference or just having some late signing day drama. San Francisco McGee is a guy that can help us. This is a guy that can elevate. This is a guy with great body control. And listen, he's not that prototypical 
you know, long, lean, Amari Cooper type wide receiver. He is a little bit thicker. He's he, not the tallest guy, but he has a really good catch radius. And so I am not ready to call the flip right here, but I'll admit I'm close. Stonka Burnside is going to announce his uh, commitment at the All-Star game. I expect him to reaffirm with Mississippi State. I know he decommitted. A lot of discussion about him and Ole Miss. Um, I I won't be surprised if he picks Ole Miss much. It would be a slight surprise. But based on the chatter that I'm hearing as of late, I do think that he will reaffirm with Mississippi State. I think Chad Bumpus has done a great job staying on him despite the decommitment. Chad didn't let his ego get involved. That happens a lot with coaches. You know, you recruit a guy, you recruit a guy, you recruit a guy, you think everything is good, and all of a sudden he opens it back up and people take that personally. But as, as how we were playing offensively, do you blame Stonka Burnside for maybe considering some other options after the, as poorly as we played offensively this year, especially in the month of uh, November? You look at that and, you know, hey, I get it. I want the football. Well, now all of a sudden there's an offensive system that's kind of designed for you to be a playmaker with greater regularity. So I think in the end you're going to see Stonka Burnside come back home and stay home. Uh, again, I never count out Chad Bumpus on a wide receiver. And I start working through this and I start thinking, you know, the Matt Mayfield kid, we don't talk about him much. But have you seen pictures of this kid? Have you seen film from last year? He was ineligible to play this year in Louisiana to do a transfer uh, situation. I've had some people in Louisiana recruiting circles telling me this may be the biggest sleeper in the state of Louisiana because there's no senior film out there, so nobody's chasing him. And you're like, if Mississippi State gets this kid a signing day without somebody swooping in late, and I don't think they will. I think Matt's relationship with Chad uh, Bumpus and Kyle Shexnader is so good, I think it would be difficult for him because State has stuck by him through all of this. And you start running through this and think about, okay, well, you, you get Stonka back. You got J.J. who has made – remain true maroon throughout the process. And then on top of that, you, you're able to flip San Francisco McGee. And then you've got Matt Mayfield, a guy nobody ever talks about. It's a guy that's just sitting out there. And uh, I had some people tell me when he first came to camp, they are like, this guy's a monster. And so you start thinking about this wide receiver group. And uh, you start thinking about what could be next uh, in a very pass-happy scheme – it's exciting. It is. It's very, very exciting. So that's an aspect of all this that I think, uh, you know, that we need to kind of work ourselves through here is, you know, we're adding players, especially on the offensive side of things, and we need to upgrade some positions. I think we all see that. Uh, but expect State to be very, very active in the portal. The next time that we talk will be Monday. And the NCAA transfer portal will be open for all players. Right now, you've got some grad transfers that have announced their plans to – like people are like, oh, he's in the portal. Well, not really. There's a lot of people that are announcing their intentions. Unless they've been through a coaching change, you can't go in prematurely. But business is going to pick up significantly come Monday when that portal window opens. And it's going to be nonstop uh, with visits, in-home visits, guys coming to campus – Guys getting new offers. It's going to be a very busy stretch for us over at jeanspage.com and for everybody that covers uh, college football recruiting. And so just when you thought the coaching – okay, well, Steve, the coaching search is over, and now all of a sudden we're, we're kind of putting a staff together. Guys, it's going to be wall-to-wall coverage with recruiting. It's not going to stop. you know. And the next thing you know, we get through this and we'll enjoy the holidays, and then you've got the official visits of January. And for a staff like Mississippi State that is still kind of working through flipping this roster – there, will, there should be some value left 
uh, for the February signing period. And so we'll cover that for you too. And uh, not to mention all the uh, men's and women's basketball stuff that's coming up. Yeah, it's pretty impressive too. And before you know it, guys, you don't, maybe you hadn't thought about this. We're two and a half months away from baseball season. Think about that for a second. You, you thought Christmas was close, and think about that. Justin Parker and those guys, the new-look Bulldog pitching staff, uh, be taking the mound here in uh, about 10 weeks. Yeah, we lo- I look forward to that all year, too. And it's like as soon as football is over, it's like football keeps me so busy with what we're covering. Usually we're covering bowl practices and things like that. That won't be the case this year. Uh, but, you know, we've covered a coaching search. So there won't be any days off anytime soon. Once we get through the December signing period, we'll, we'll take a little bit of a break and then things ramp right back up. But uh, and then, again, as soon as we get done with the February signing period, the traditional signing day, it's time to start covering college baseball. And, uh, of course, Justin Frommer and Dave Murray doing a great job uh, on the men's and women's side, kind of covering some things for us too. And so uh, wall-to-wall coverage over at jeanspage.com. But just when you think, okay, it's time for us to take a breath, okay, now that's over. Well, there's always something else. Covering college athletics has become a a 365-day-a-year job. It has been, and it's because of all of you. It's because of your insatiable appetite to learn more about your favorite team. And I remember, I'm I'm old enough to remember when when there would be times like the Clarion Ledger wouldn't even run a story about Mississippi State. You know, you had a beat reporter, right? But usually you had, uh, you know, a story a day. Sometimes you'd get a feature in a Sunday paper. And that's all we had. I remember reading all those stories as a kid and as a teenager and think, oh, this, you know, I'm just happy to read something about the Bulldogs. You wish it was longer. We're doing about 10 stories a day now. Now, times have changed, too, obviously, with technology. And, and uh, you know, the access to information is, is greater today than it ever has been in recorded history. But it's incredible to think, you know, we didn't have a transfer portal back then. We didn't have NIL. We, we didn't really have the silly season, the coverage of all that. Used to... You know, I remember talking to Ron Polk when, when uh, we hired Ron Polk after Jimmy Bragan left to go coach in the major leagues. There was no interview process. There was no search committee. It was Charlie Shira picking up the phone and calling, calling Ron Polk, who would, uh, was at Georgia Southern at the time. And Georgia Southern had played uh, a couple regionals at Mississippi State and kind of got to know some of our people. And so the search process was a phone call. Charlie Shira picked up Ron the phone and called Ron Polk down to Miami and said, hey, what do you think about coming up here and being our baseball coach? That's what it was. And nowadays, you know, we've got daily updates and things like that. There's, uh, there's search firms. Uh, you've got athletic directors flying all over the country and interviewing people. And there's rumors here and rumors there. You don't always know what's true. And so... There's so many people that talk about the journalists of old, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. They didn't have to work as hard as we do. I'll just say it for what it is. They didn't. Many of those people from, you know, a, a foregone area or a bygone era, they did not have to work the way that we did. They also didn't have access to technology, which makes it so much easier to do this work. But you know, back in those days, those guys get out, write a column, have it done by noon, the day was over. They only talked about recruiting on signing day unless it was a situation like Marcus Dupree that captivated the entire state. And so there's advantages to both. But, you know, we're, we're on guard all the time, all the time. And I think that's something that's important to understand is that, um, you know, when you're looking for coverage, uh, you need to look for people that are as obsessed about Mississippi State as you are. It's not a hobby to us. 
You know, it's not like we don't. We, it's not like, hey, well, Mississippi State's gonna play a ball game. I think I may go. No, it's a requirement for what we do. You know, matter of fact, Justin just got back from Atlanta. You know, for going to watch us uh, against Georgia Tech, and so that's a big part of what we do. And it's important to understand the demand for information is a challenge for us. We do everything we can to give you the most up-to-date information. And sometimes, listen, we'll clarify these rumors, especially with this coaching staffing stuff. You know, we're dealing with a brand-new coaching staff that uh, we know three members of at this point. Of course, John Cooper is the guy that's been added. I've never had any interactions with John Cooper, ever. And, again, Cody Kennedy's expected to join the staff. You know, obviously we've played against Arkansas. But we don't have a relationship there. And uh, I've reached out to some other coaches. They tell me it's pretty quiet out there. So what that tells me, if it's quiet, that means that we're not looking. That means maybe we're already ready to, uh, to kind of show, shut this thing down. But, uh, yeah, come be a part of it over at jeanspage.com. I can assure you that, um, you know, we're going to be on top of things as best we absolutely can, can be. All right, if you're looking to move to Starkville, uh, just temporarily. Like if you're just like, hey, I want to go up there, but I want to make it an event. I just don't want to go – check into a hotel room, and then I got to go find somewhere to eat. I got to find somewhere to go get an adult beverage. Got to find something for the kids to do. You know, it's as great as it is to be here. There are a lot of times things around town are, it's difficult to get everybody entertained when you come to town. So go to Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Google that today and book through the Evolve website. And if you book through Evolve, we'll save you 10%. Promo code BSR10. BSR10 to save 10% on your stay. Because, hey, you can bring the board games, you can bring the PlayStation, you can bring whatever toys and trinkets that you have, and you can have a family experience in the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Five bedrooms, it's a multi-level facility, got that great airy porch. It's the old uh, clubhouse at the golf course out there. It's been completely renovated. It's become basically... A must-stop place. And how great would it be to have everybody under one roof, whether you're bringing a work team to town or you're bringing your family to town. And you know how it is. It's like, hey, we're all going to get together for the ball game. But so-and-so staying at this hotel and this hotel and this Airbnb, and they couldn't get a room here, so they had to stay in Columbus or some people are out in Tupelo or down in Louisville. Why not just bring everybody together under one umbrella, Mom and Dad? Why don't you book the Stark Vegas Clubhouse and let everybody come stay with you? Number one, it's going to be more affordable, but it's also going to be more convenient. You can have more quality family time with the people you love the most by staying together at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Check them out today. All right, uh, it's championship weekend. We're not a part of that. Maybe you've heard. Um, It's tough, man. It really is that uh, we're not going to have a postseason game of some sort this year. We've grown accustomed to that. But uh, the streak had to end at some point. And, again, as I said the other day, I think it's probably for the best to allow this staff to kind of get to work without really, in some respects, the distraction of a bowl game. And I hate to say it that way, but that's kind of how it is. I think for a new staff, they're just kind of ready to move forward. And they would have to navigate through all this. And then you've got guys that would be coaching a bowl game and then get job opportunities. And then they, um, you know – work through that and so those guys are trying to find jobs trying to get interviews talking to their agents they're not truly committed to mississippi state as much as they want to be they have to think about themselves and their family and so it's done all we're focusing on now is jeff levy completing his staff filling out this recruiting class 
and kind of getting ready for the spring. That's the primary focus right now. All right, let's look at Saturday's games. Actually, we have some tonight, as a matter of fact. How about this? So we can start the weekend off right. New Mexico State and Liberty, uh, some people's favorite candidate for the Mississippi State coaching job, even when he wasn't a candidate. Uh, but New Mexico State, of course, upset Auburn. Liberty is favored by 11. That should be an interesting game. That's a 6 p.m. start. Oregon and Washington tonight. Man, that could be a fun one there. Michael Penix, of course, a Heisman finalist. Taking on Bo Nix, a Heisman finalist. The Ducks, favored by nine and a half. And, of course, uh, Dylan Johnson from Mississippi State. Part of a great Washington offense this year. That'll be a fun one. Oklahoma State and Texas play tomorrow. That's your Big 12 championship game. The Longhorns favored by 15. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if the Cowboys could win that game? Because it would create such chaos. It would also create some clarity in the playoff picture. Big, big week here. Mind of Ohio is uh, taking on Toledo uh, tomorrow morning. It's also an 11 a.m. kick. Toledo favored by seven and a half. Jason Candle's a guy out there that uh, probably probably has some um, Power 5 aspirations at some point. Boise State against UNLV. That's a 2 o'clock tip, tip, kick. Boise State um, appears to be fine with keeping their interim coach. They're going to compete for a championship. Going to take on Barry Odom. Boise State favored by 2.5 should be an interesting game. 3 o'clock, and it's funny how so many of these uh, schools feature guys that were candidates for the Mississippi State job. Rhett Lashley and SMU will take on Tulane. And Willie Fritz, both of those guys mentioned in connection with the Mississippi State job. Of course, uh, Willie Fritz, you know, a candidate for the Houston job as well. Willie Fritz uh, did speak to Mississippi State officials. And it's so interesting, too. It's like you run through this list here and you begin to realize, you know, Zach Selman it was on the right guys. He was, even though you hired Jeff Levy, right, which may have been the guy you were thinking of initially, but the other guys that you were on, by and large, are all playing for something significant this weekend. Okay, Georgia and Alabama, that's the big one, guys. It's the 3 p.m. kickoff, uh, Georgia and Alabama. I, I'm picking Georgia. The, the spread is five and a half. I pick Georgia to win. I think it's probably like a 27-17 type game. I just don't think Alabama has the offensive skill to match up with Georgia. I think it's going to be a very entertaining game, and it would probably be one of the bigger surprises. When you look back at the beginning of the year, a lot of people thought this Alabama team was vulnerable, and they played like that for the first month of the season. And now here they are in the SEC championship game uh, taking on the two-time defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs. It would be among the most saving things ever if they pulled this thing off and then find a way into playoff. being incredible. Appalachian State takes on Troy, John Sumrall. One of the finalists for the Mississippi State job. Uh, Troy favored by five. Many of us watched that game against Southern Miss last weekend. Uh, so this should be a significant game, too. I mean, and you look at the job that John Summerall's done at Troy. I mean, people forget they were ranked right there with us last year in postseason polls. What's he lost four games as a head coach? That would have been a good pick, too. Louisville and Florida State. Interesting game here. That's in the nightcap there. That's the uh, 7 p.m. kick. Florida State favored by a point and a half. And despite the fact they didn't have Jordan Travis last week, they still found a way to knock off Florida, who will also not be in the postseason. 
Louisville, of course, loses to Kentucky last week, and maybe they were caught looking ahead, but it's it's a it that's a game you gotta win if you're Louisville. Michigan and Ohio and Iowa, pardon me, also a night game. Probably everybody in the country, with rare exceptions, pulling for Iowa. But Michigan favored by 21 and a half. But uh, yeah, a lot of football left to be played. And uh, probably the most significant football until we get into the playoff pairings. Because there's going to be some minor bowl games. And listen, I, I love college football. I do. And uh, when you cover college football, more times than not, you only get to see the game you cover. Yeah, unless you DVR some games. But, um, and so it's fun for me. I don't know what that's for you, but uh, it's fun for me to be able to see matchups you rarely ever see and teams that uh, you don't get to see very often. Uh, so that's always fun to me. And, uh, of course, you know, we get through this weekend, and the next thing you know, we're going to have the uh, – we're going to have the – the pairings for the playoff. Now, how exciting is that? And a lot of people think, well, I pretty much know how this thing's going to go. Guys, we've had some chaotic things happen in the final weekend of college football over the last several years. But selection day, just two days away. We'll find out on the third who's going to make it. Now, the latest rankings for the FBS playoff, number four, Florida State. Of course, they're going to venture forward uh, with a backup quarterback. Washington is three, Michigan is two, Georgia is one. Now you start thinking about, okay, that's four undefeated teams, all from Power Five conferences, all that have played through some adversity this year. And here we are. And if it goes to script, then those four teams should make it. And you look at the teams right behind them, there are four teams right behind them that could move up. Again, if there's chaos on Championship Saturday. Oregon is five, right? So if Oregon beats Washington head-to-head for the Pac-12 championship or Pac-6 or four, whatever it is these days, the committee's going to make a decision. We've already had a classic game. And so is it that big a leap? I don't think so. You look at Ohio State, dropped all the way to six last year. And speaking of Ohio State, that's where they are. Ohio State really can't do anything to change their faith. They're just got to wait for things to happen. Texas, of course, will take on Oklahoma State. And I think in order for Texas to get up there, they're going to have to have multiple upsets ahead of them. Just, I just don't see it, see it happening. I think that's how everybody sees it. Alabama's right there at eight. And so, like, if Alabama beats Georgia, is there a pathway to the playoff? I think the SEC champion, regardless of who it is, is going to the playoff. I just think the chances of two SEC teams getting in there is going to require a lot of uh, a lot of chaos, shall we say? But uh, you know, stop me if you've heard this one. Missouri ninth, ninth. No chance of them making the playoff, but they're obviously going to be in an Access Six ball game. But when you start working through this, did anybody have Missouri? even in the top 10 of the SEC, and they end up the year in the top 10 in the FBS playoff. Eli Drinkwitz is sitting back somewhere just kind of snickering to himself. You know he is. So they're just kind of waiting for their bowl pairing now, and again, it'd be, it's interesting that we're not in that. But um, I'm more excited about this aspect of it. I want to get back into the playoff rankings. And as Mark Keenum uh, mentioned when we had introduced uh, Jeff Levy, 
that we were the first team ever to be ranked number one in the FBS playoffs. And so it's not like it's a, we're asking Jeff Levy to do something that's never been done before at Mississippi State. We're ready to get back to that. And all due respect to our, you know, listen, we've been to some, some bowl games. People have treated us well. Liberty Bowl people treat us well. We went to St. Petersburg. It was so incredibly or, so organized. And uh, we were just so happy to get out of there with a win after a very difficult season. But my hope is that we're aspiring to bigger things than that, not just to have a bowl game somewhere. I, I want to go somewhere tropical. I want to go have a chance to do something. Listen, Outback Bowl, ReliQuest Bowl has been great. And one could argue the ReliQuest Bowl is probably the biggest bowl win of the modern era in Mississippi State football history. You probably have to go back to Alan McKean winning the Orange Bowl. It's a bigger bowl win in our history. But the reality of it is, is we want to get back to a New Year's Six. We've only been to one. And that was the Orange Bowl with Dak Prescott back in 14. And so that's significant. But we want to get back into the mix and be playing for some major things. And I think Jeff Levy can get us there. But, again, it's all about the people he brings in around him. So we'll see that. We'll start seeing those puzzle pieces kind of come together. Uh, we've had a lot of people reach out about the new book. Thank you very much. A lot of people have reached out trying to find, uh, you know, where to order starting to get some reviews back and um yeah it's i'm human right i mean so i put some things out there obviously that um you know maybe aren't my usual scope of journalism i mean of course it, it took me about 27 days to write this book and then we had to go through editing and uh when you're writing about your own life you don't have to do much fact checking um but yeah the book's doing well and uh went by and fully restocked they, they keep a, a nice supply of my books over at Book Martin Cafe downtown and uh, went in and, and made sure that things were where they needed to be. And uh, every time I go in, things have changed because uh, the books have sold so well. But, um, yeah, we're already having to bring some more books back to Starkville. And uh, they'll be in Lemuria soon. I'll have a signing there soon. I don't handle any of that. I just kind of go where they tell me to go. Uh, but, yeah, the book's doing well even in limited release, and it'll, it'll begin to kind of filter out at some other bookstores. If, if your bookstore is not carrying it, all you got to do is have them contact the website, uh, winthebottomfalls.com. They can arrange to get stock for them. And you can buy directly from the website. That's where a lot of the sales have come from, uh, directly from the website. Uh, now, there will be the, you know, the holiday rush, right? I mean, here we are. And I know many people would rather like just to go into a store and have the book and not have to depend on shipping. And sometimes that can be an adventure. can be. Uh, but, yeah, it's been great. A lot of people have reached out. My mom already has uh, made it through a couple chapters and already got upset with me about something, and uh, that's okay. Not, not the major. She's my mom. She loves me. She's a hero in the end of the story anyway. So, But uh, I actually told my mom when I first began to write this book, I said, I don't think you should read it. And I told some other people in my family, I don't think you should read it. And they're like, oh, no, I'm going to read it. I said, I'm just preparing you. There's some things we've never talked about that are going to be in this book, and there's some things that happen that are going to be in this book, and you might not be happy about that, but I'm writing the book. I'm going to be honest about my story and about my path to recovery. And so um, so I shared that, you know. Um, and so, yeah, there's going to be some people that love me that may be a little bit irritated with me, and that's okay. You know, I didn't write it for them. I didn't. I wrote it for people that uh, deal with recovery, people that... Uh, Love people that uh, are dealing with recovery, are dealing with substance abuse issues, and um, and the people that love them, and to promote for maybe some understanding of kind of what it what it takes 
we don't win enough. And I think that's really the challenge for me to write this book. If I had written this in a way that it would be maybe a little less transparent, I'd be doing a disservice to my story and to the second chance that I was given and to the people out there that are truly struggling. There's so many books written about recovery from a clinical point of view. You got a lot of people that uh, on the counseling side of things that write those books, and those are important books. But I think it's important to hear directly from the people that have lived it because, like, I didn't have a counselor with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 32 years. Now, again, if I make it nine more days, it's 32 years, queen and sober. I haven't had a counselor. I've had to learn to do these things myself. I had to find some coping skills. I had to learn how to handle when things were negative in my life and I go do something self-destructive. I had to learn those things. I did. I had to learn how to process pain in a healthy way. And that's probably one of the biggest undercurrents of themes in the book is learning to process pain in a healthy way. Because, you know, it's like, and you see it all the time. It's always so romanticized and glamorized. It's like, uh, what a day I have a drink. You know, I wish I could be that guy that after a long day could just go have a drink. But I've never been that guy. I've never been that guy. Guys, I'm going to tell you, my attitude was like this. If, if we couldn't get drunk, there wasn't any point drinking. And then if we were going to get drunk, you know, then let's end up, uh, you know, at a club somewhere in New Orleans. You know, see if we can't find some women. I mean, it was, like, it, was, it was never that for me. I was never that guy that could just, after a long day's work, go have a beer or two and wind down and watch TV and just relax. That's just not me. Maybe that's you. And you know what? Good for you if it is. I wish I could be that guy. But I know my limitations, and I deal with this regularly with younger people. They're like, well, I wish that I could just be like my friends. You know, my friends can go just have a couple drinks, but when I go drink, next thing you know, I'm, I'm putting my truck in a ditch somewhere. I'm getting a DUI. I've got people that are having to come bail me out of jail. I just, I don't know where the line is, and I don't either. I don't know where the line is. And so what I encourage you to do is uh, maybe don't enter the race. And that's tough, man. When you're a young person, you start thinking, man, all my friends are having such a good time. Why am I so different? You know, it's not to say that anybody's better or worse. It's just the, the hand you're dealt. And you got to make a decision. And I've never been a person that could drink or use drugs in moderation, ever, at any point. And I know this about myself. If I go back out, I'm not coming back. I know this. I know this. And I think that's an important aspect in all this, too, is just to promote some understanding. So if you hadn't bought the book, I would love that you did. It's uh, winthebottomfalls.com. All of my sports titles are there, too. I uh, had a great thing the other day. We went and restocked uh, at Campus Bookmart and just kind of reorganized and made sure all those books were signed because a lot of times they'll, you know, they'll get books in from the publisher that are unsigned, and i got to go sign those books, and I'm happy to do that because I know people want to sign copy. Um, but I put it out on Twitter and said, hey, all six books here. And then one guy bought all six. You know, they just bought them all. And uh, that means more to me than I can ever say, man, because there was, there was a time in my life that uh, even the mere mention of my name just, you know, in certain circles wasn't good, you know. And now I can't go to a basketball game without having to take pictures. And I'm not complaining about that. But that's not to praise me. And I'll take some credit for the fact that I've gotten up and made a daily decision not to drink or use now for – what is it, 12,000 days, something crazy like that, you know? I did my part, but I had to have a chance. And thank God for good health insurance, right? It's true. But you can change your life. 
And maybe you're not even dealing with, with uh, substance abuse. Maybe there's just other things in your life. You can overcome those things. And I, one of the things that I, that I find, I won't say that I find it offensive, but I don't agree with it. And there's a difference, right? I mean, it's okay to disagree about certain labels and not lose your mind about it, right? Um, but I've had people tell me that I'm a survivor. And uh, I don't correct them, but I'm not a survivor. I'm not. Because surviving would mean that it required luck. And I didn't get lucky. I've worked for every day of my recovery, every single day. And so it's not about being a survivor. It's about being an overcomer. It's like I have these limitations in life, and I have overcome them. I have not let that define who I am. I have not let that derail me. And I could, you know, listen, I could check all the boxes, man. You know, deal with depression, manic depressive. You know, there's so many things, you know, there's so many things that I, I could look at and say, you know what? It's crazy. Uh, but the reality of this whole thing is um, it's about experience, strength and hope. It's about finding hope and providing hope and perhaps a pathway. And, and I had a chance, I won't say who it is, but I had a Mississippi State football parent a few years ago uh, tell me that I had to write this book. And. I had always been on the fence about it. He goes, you got to write the recovery book. you got to write the recovery book. And I was actually writing this book before I got the contract for Flim Flam. And then I didn't use any of that stuff. I didn't use any of it because I didn't know what I was doing. But he sat me down and he got emotional. He said, Steve, there are people out there that are hurting. And he said, you're a sojourner. And he explained to me what that meant. You know, he said, there are people out there that take these trips and they may know the path, but they don't properly prepare. And there are other people that may prepare but don't know the path. He goes, but if when you're a guy that knows where all the watering holes are and what paths to take and you can make it to the other side of the desert and tell other people, he said, you've got a responsibility to people to share that. And that has always stayed with me. I have a responsibility to share what I've learned. And hopefully it helps you. And even if you're not a person that deals with all that, you're dealing with something. And I can tell you this, there were times in my life, man, I didn't think I'd ever amount to anything, anything. I think you'd ever be listening to this show, talking about me buying, writing books, you know, owning a million dollar company. I mean, nah, are you kidding me? It was a time I was in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, man, scrapping up change out of my couch to go get gas. And thankfully, it was only like 90 cents a gallon back then. There were times that I was going to sack and save and using, you know, double coupons just so Dan and I could eat. And that's in being sober. That's not being in the throes of addiction. That's in recovery. But I always knew there was a little something about me that was different. I always knew at some point that better days were coming. I didn't know as good as it was going to be. I never thought this would happen. But here we are. And so... Yeah, I'm an underdog for sure, but uh, this dog will bite you. That's the 100% truth. I, I, I take it all as gain. Everything that I've experienced in life, I have so many people have come when I go speak, they say, Steve, do you have any regrets? I said, no. I, the only regrets I have is the people that are hurt, right? But you know what? All of that shaped me and made me the person I am today. And I'm very happy with who I am today. And uh, I don't have the shortcomings that I had even a few years ago. Uh, there are times that people get on my nerves. I'm not going to lie about it. I'm a human. I do. And uh, you know, one of the things that's so interesting to me is there's always some people out there that root for the other school that uh, if I ever say anything about recovery, that's the first thing they go to. 
is, oh, you know, Steve, you're a drug addict. Well, you know, I am. I'm just not a practicing drug addict. But the message that you're sending to maybe somebody who is, is like, hey, look at this guy. You know, Steve's accomplished something in life. He hadn't done drugs for over 30 years, and they're still giving him grief about it. Why would I ever share my story if I was in recovery? When a guy can work for 30-plus years and change his life and work on a daily basis to help other people, and he still has to deal with that. Like, there's some people that want that to be a life sentence for you. And so, you know, I'm so far beyond their reach, they can't even see me to touch me. But the, the message to me, and I think it's a very dangerous one and a very harmful one, is when people, you know, maybe attack me or other people in recovery, um, the message that sends to some, maybe somebody new in recovery or somebody contemplating recovery. I think that is the danger. You, you can't hurt me, but you're hurting them. All right, let's get ready to get out of here, man. It's been a great week uh, in many respects. And I uh, appreciate everybody checking in over at the website, jeanspage.com. Uh, we work really hard over there for you. And, uh, yeah, it's busy. Yeah, it, it's busy. And uh, we're looking forward to having some downtime with our families, too. we got to get through the December signing period first. got to get all these uh, coaching hires announced and things of that nature. So uh, we'll get ready to push ahead here. And we look forward uh, to seeing you over on our True Maroon Forum and other forums. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.